Hello and welcome to the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we're trying to find some balance in this world full of extremes. All right, let's get into the episode. So today I am going to do a review of a brand new podcast I've never listened to before. It's from Caroline Dooner, who wrote the Fuck It Diet. Uh, and she also has some books out. She has a big Instagram following. But first, I just wanted to do a little uh, health update. And also, I wanted to talk about an Instagram message that I actually just got uh, recently. And it was from one of my UK followers. I don't know if she wants me to tell her handle online. But um, girl, if you do, just message me and I'll share it next time. But um, she wrote a, a good little message to me. She said, I'd love to hear your views and experience on what happens when you reach your goal weight and how to maintain healthily. I find that I'm super motivated when I have a target to hit, but I struggle when I get there. It's tempting to want to push that the bar further, but also not really possibly forever. Uh, how do I maintain my new weight without putting it all back on? How do I find the balance to eat normally when I feel so safe and secure in my little diet routines? The thought of eating bad, like in quotes, bad food is scary because of the fear of what one bad meal can trigger. And uh, I I definitely understand what she's saying here. And I think, you know, I've been doing a lot of uh, just engaging on Instagram lately and just reading comments and understanding just the different types of people that are out there. And we've talked about it in other podcasts that there are some people that have a true addiction to food and, you know, and, and. And this this person that wrote to me might not fall into the exact same category. I know that there are people out there who, if they eat white sugar and white flour, will literally go on a bender like a drug addict. And and look, food today with all the preservatives, fast food, they literally do make it addictive. So if you do have a weekend where you eat McDonald's and you eat, you know, fast food and you're eating the birthday cake and you're eating all of these high processed sugary foods, sometimes it is hard to get back on track. You know, it, it doesn't... On Monday, it doesn't mean that you don't stop craving that stuff. Now, sometimes you overindulge to the point where you crave the salad or you crave the, um, you know, the the quinoa. But for me, that usually takes like a week or two of full binging or, you know, full, you know, going into that mode where I'm like disgusted with myself and just need to, you know, actually am craving cucumbers. But I do understand what she's saying. If you... You know, just like it's, it's, well, it's actually, I think it's actually a lot easier to create uh, bad habits than it is to create healthy habits, right? Like, I feel like I'm in a really good mode right now, but I also get that, like, I don't want to, like, right now I'm in a mode where... I'm eating a little bit more indulgently on the weekends. I still have some balance. I'll still get a workout in. I'll still have my healthy protein shake. But I do eat, like just recently. So I've been letting myself have, you know, a lot of, um, you know, indulgent foods on the weekends, whether it's a fried chicken sandwich and some French fries. Or like Sunday, I went out and I was craving these specific cookies. They're these, um, these cookies that I get at... 
the supermarket that are they're animal crackers, but they're covered in this like white and pink icing with little sprinkles on it and I freeze them and they're just so addicting because the texture and like crunching into them and I got those and then I also got the ice cream I got this thing of Ben and Jerry's now I knew if I got the Ben and Jerry's I would continue eating the Ben and Jerry's into the week because I couldn't possibly eat all that on Sunday and that's exactly what happened. Monday, I had the ice cream. Now, I did have a good balanced day on Monday, and I did eat the ice cream at night, but it, it was like an 80-20 day where 80% of the day was really um, whole foods and good, and 20% was just the ice cream and some leftover cookies. And so I still felt fine that day and not not super guilty, but personally, that's how I try to maintain once I've reached my goal weight. I try to have indulgent weekends because I do want to have I mean I I can't eat just whole foods I just it's not me I have to have the processed shit too so personally that's how I maintain I work out a lot I I eat mostly whole foods you know the what I responded to this this woman was I follow the 80 20 rule as much as I can and some days during the week I'm even cleaner or cleaner I know that that's like a triggering word it's not about eating clean there was just this whole Instagram debate on what clean eating is versus you know the alternative which I guess is dirty eating I don't know but when I when I say clean eating it's whole foods it's just pure wholesome foods which do if I feel great when I'm eating mostly whole foods it just it does feel good to my body I can see it in my digestion I can see it and so I I do try to eat like that 80% of the time and even even 90% of the time during the week when you know I, I want to maintain and then the weekends I like to have my indulgence and so having that balance where you're working out consistently, you know, and I scrolled through this woman's Instagram and I, I just, she seems like she's very similar to me. She, you know, she has these, these times where she's like super, super, super indulgent. Like just like when I go home for the holidays and I literally don't eat a vegetable for two weeks. It's like, I just, I'm eating cereal. I'm eating ice cream. I'm eating my mom's cooking, which is delicious. But Anyway, so I, I think there's people that, you know, that we we love the processed food. We like our, our healthy habits. Don't, you know, it's, we, we also feel good. But starting to incorporate those delicious, indulgent, addictive foods can be very triggering. And there's a scale of how triggering they can be. You know, I do believe there's people that are the extreme. Again, I've talked to them, talked about them in, in former podcasts. Um, some of my weight loss clients that had, you know, that were 400 pounds and would, you know, one of them had her, her stomach stapled and was drinking ice cream. I mean, literally, there's addiction on different levels when it comes to food, just like any other, any other substance, right? There's some of us that like to indulge in our wine you know, on a, on a regular basis. And maybe we do drink a little too much during the week or, you know, smoke too much weed during the week, which is my case. But then there's the people that, you know, go to such an extreme that it, it literally affects their lives in a very negative way. So again, I, I think it is all about balance. And, and I do think that exercise and, and working out and moving your body is absolutely critical to maintaining weight. Uh, I had this weight loss client, this sweet, sweet, sweet lady. She was an older lady. I think she was probably in her 70s. And, 
you know, part of me was like, in my head, I'm like, I wonder if when I'm 70, I'll care about my weight. And I, I think I always will. I mean, I'm a very vain person and I do like to maintain a healthy weight. But I, in my head, I was kind of like, why is she so, because she didn't have a lot of weight to lose. She only had like 10 or 20 pounds. Well, probably, wait, let me think. I'm, I'm thinking back. Maybe it was 20 to 30, which, you know, I've gained 30, 40 pounds in my life and did not feel good and wanted to lose that 30 to 40. So I do understand why she wanted to lose that you know, 30 pounds. But at the end of it, when she reached her maintenance, which she was so structured, she followed the program, she was eating really well balanced. And when it got to maintenance, and we were incorporating a lot more foods back in, she did start to slowly creep up in weight. And I asked her, I'm like, you know, I really think it would help if you would incorporate some exercise, some walking, you know, even just going out for a walk three days a week. And she just wouldn't. She she did not want to exercise. It was something that she just didn't want to do. And, uh, and I, I think she was able to finally maintain a little bit of a higher weight than what she had initially lost. But I do think that she probably would have been able to maintain a lower weight and have been able to eat a lot more food and some of her indulgent favorites if she would incorporate some some exercise. And I just think overall for just cardiovascular health and um, for good, you know, to, to, to make sure you don't get pinched nerves and your body can actually support the weight of your bones, I think that strength training is really important. I think, you know, strength training builds bone density and, and, you know, as an older woman, she needed bone density. So there are reasons why just for health reasons that she should have worked out. Look, I wasn't, I wasn't a, in the gym at that time. I was literally in a weight loss clinic. So it wasn't like I was going to sit there and, and try to make her work out like a trainer. I did try to encourage her. I said, I really do think that that'll really help you. Um, but she just, you know, she, she wasn't into it. So, but I, in my opinion, maintenance, you got to work out, you got to do some, you got to move your body just in general. I think everybody should for mental wellness, for anxiety relief. I do my anxiety runs every day or most days. So anyway, I just wanted to touch on that real quick. Uh, thank you for the message. And let's move on now to a review of the Fuck It podcast. And it doesn't actually spell out the word fuck. It, you know, has the little bleeps in the middle. But um, so anyway, so this is Caroline Dooner. And this is a woman who at 24 years old, you know, she was in that. And and this is a, a white woman with privilege. You know, I'm a white woman with privilege. I, you know, have even when I gained 40 pounds or 30, 30, 35 pounds in the past, I still had a body that society would deem um, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't discriminate against, um, pretty soon, uh, my next podcast, I'm going to be talking about fat phobia and another podcast that I listen to. So, you know, fat people do face a lot of discrimination and even at my heaviest, I wouldn't have been identified as, you know, morbidly obese. And, and I probably would not have faced the same stigmas that some of some people do. And Caroline is, falls into that same category, right? She, but that doesn't mean that, that people that are in societally normal bodies are not trying to look like a Victoria's Secret model or aren't, aren't susceptible to the same society, pressures of society like other people. It doesn't mean that they didn't have mothers that, 
you know, taught them to constantly watch their weight or exercise in order to be approved of in society. I mean, who knows? Like, we all, no matter what body type we are, we've all been ingrained with this patriarchal message of, you know, thinner is better, smaller is better, um, you know, and, and you have like the Kate Mosses that were held up to us as role models. And, and so so I understand that even with her privilege at 24, she was someone that just wanted to get out of this mentality of diet culture. And she built a huge following based on that. She wrote a book called The Fuck It Diet, which is, I think it's basically, um, I haven't read it, but I, and, but I've, and I've heard her and I've reviewed her podcast when she re, uh, appeared on Diet Starts Tomorrow. But I think it's just basically more like an intuitive approach, uh, you know, getting out of this, I constantly need to lose that last five or 10 pounds. It's, um, you know, it's that type of, you know, anti-diet culture. Um, but so, she, and then she had on a therapist by the name of Katie Lynch. And Katie is a therapist who helps people with eating disorders and also struggled with her own eating disorder in the past and uh, and so both of them are in this like position in life and that where they're they are very much preaching anti diet culture and um, and however this the title of this podcast and the reason that I wanted to review it is because it said the title was when anti diet culture becomes culty too and so. And again, this is what this podcast is all about, right? It's about finding that balance because both extremes are bad, right? The the uh, anti diet, you know, trying to get out of this diet culture, but then and then also that other extreme of eat whatever you want and don't care about and and no one is allowed to lose weight and no one's allowed to, you know, want to think about how to improve themselves. Like it's just such, there's so many extremes today that it's like, there's got to be a middle ground for, for us, for, for some of the people that want the middle ground, right? Like I want the middle ground. I, and, and I think that's really kind of what they were, well, I think that that's what they were trying to get to here, but really what this podcast focused on was the the way that the anti-diet culture has become like a cancel culture with really looking at what all these people are saying and attacking them on social media. Now, I am not someone who has a big social media follow following. Follow me at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I only have like 100 and something followers. So... I don't make money from Instagram. I don't make money from this podcast. I'm putting this out because I'm passionate about this topic and I'm really interested and it's fun for me to talk about. And now if I if this was my career, right? And I it was my sole source of income and I really relied on it, I think I would relate to some of the things that they were saying because they were talking about this cancel culture movement and how they've now been the victims of it. And, and what I can relate to, not based on social media, but I've always been fearful that I'm going to get fired at, at any job I've ever had. Now, I in my regular job now, I'm I 
I started that company with some business partners, so I can't actually get fired. Now, we could fail and go out of business, which is a whole different type of pressure. But um, but when I was in the corporate world, I, I, I always was scared of saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, wanting to impress people because I didn't want to get fired. So I do understand it from that perspective and just feeling like almost paralyzed because you're scared of doing the wrong thing. And and on social media, it has become so polarized. And I also don't really believe in the cancel culture. I mean, I definitely believe some people should be canceled, like rapists and like Harvey Weinstein and Louis C.K. pulling out his dick and jerking off in front of women. I mean, that's disgusting. There are some people that are so extreme where they do – they should get canceled. But then there's other people that are just – speaking their truth online and that they shouldn't get canceled. And I remember I did a podcast about this, uh, you know, I think maybe it was my sixth episode, but I, I was like, oh my God, am I, am I someone that, am I someone that's like perpetuating diet culture? Should I not do this podcast? Should I not speak about what I'm passionate about? And and I, I had to finally say, no, I need to speak my truth. I need to speak, you know, because I come from a family that suffered health-wise because they didn't really focus on nutrition or health. So it's like I really do think that there's a part of cancel culture that is very toxic. And that's what they really got into in this podcast. So let's get into it. So, um, So Caroline started out... Uh, you know, talking about kind of introducing Katie Lynch and just, you know, explaining that, you know, people come to you because, you know, they they want help for being, you know, their eating disorders. And I apparently Katie had faced some some cancel culture and she she really wanted to talk about how she was shocked that even other professionals were calling her out. And she was just shocked that even leaders and other dietitians in her space would comment and attack her for speaking what she honestly believed. And, you know, I, and I've seen this. I mean, I've, I've definitely seen it as I read through these comments. There's, there's a, a registered dietitian that I follow. Her handle's Veggies and Chocolate. And she's always putting out, you know, interesting content. And she she's trying to normalize having processed foods in your diet. You know, she's trying to stop people from beating themselves up. And I remember she posted this, this, I forget exactly what it was, but it was something about processed foods or, you know, don't, don't worry about eating something processed. And she, she got attacked. And I remember one of the most vicious attacks was from another therapist or another, not a therapist, but a registered dietitian. And it, it resonated because it, it directly correlated to what they were talking about here. I was like, wow, that is someone who is literally shaming this woman for trying to help normalize the fact that people eat this way sometimes and they're beating themselves up about it and they shouldn't be beating themselves up about it. They should just understand that this is part of our lives and we need to, you know, we can always have, you know, a really nutritious day the next day if we want to and not to restrict and and to Again, getting out of this self-deprecating pattern that a lot of us find ourselves in when we eat indulgent food. So, but I, I did see her get attacked, and I I can understand why. 
Um, you know, a lot of professionals now have to build Instagram followings, whether you're a therapist or whether you are a registered dietitian or whether you're even, you know, a, a um, you know, you do skincare or you do hair. I mean, if you want to build your business, social media is a great way to do it. And so so this was kind of that backlash to this. Uh, you know, Caroline talked about how, you know, the online space is a very scary space. And, you know, and then Katie was talking about how, you know, look, not everything is problematic. It does, Not everything has to be called out. And how, you know, she was talking about, Caroline was talking, remembered how Carrie had, po- um, sorry, Katie had posted about her eating disorder recovery. And, and that's something that is, you know, as a, as a therapist that helps other people with eating disorders, if you've also struggled with that, I would imagine that that would give you a very clear understanding of the struggles. And she probably can help her patients in a very meaningful way. But I would imagine as somebody who has struggled with that and struggled with perfectionism, it's also really difficult to put yourself out there. And so the backlash that she faced affected her even more. Because when you are somebody that is trying to be perfect, which is kind of that eating disorder mentality, and then people are attacking you because you didn't say like the perfect thing, that's a mind fuck. You know, that is something that would be very difficult to deal with. So this whole podcast, you could tell that they had like this trauma, this PTSD from posting and getting attacked. And again, this is not something I relate to because I have like, you know, I have a very small Instagram following. I would imagine I am trying to grow it. So I would imagine that uh, I will get attacked sometimes. Recently, I posted, there's a a woman, Victoria Garrick. Some of you, I'm sure, follow her. She's all about the real, like posting real. And she posted about, you know, this attendance at this women's WNBA game. And I just made a simple comment of, well, now they just got to pay us equally. And I got so many comments from white men about how the pay discrepancy is not real and this is this has been proven that this is not real and the the NBA is basically subsidizing the WNBA and it was just comment after comment and I'm like guys they're like and look I speak from personal experience where in the past I was I was passed up for a job opportunity and put under a a, a man that was that was had the same exact experience that I did. In fact, I had an even better experience, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, I was a little bit older than him. Not that that matters. It doesn't have to do with age. It really just has to do with experience and leadership qualities. And he he became my boss, and I became his second in command. And this guy proceeded to sexually harass like half his staff. He did finally end up getting fired because he was sleeping with the front desk girl. He was sleeping with some of the members that were coming into the gym. Anyway, so I stayed with the company and finally did end up getting promoted based on my work ethic and value that I and and contributions to the company. And 
you know, so it did end up kind of the the universe righted itself eventually, but not before I had to prove myself through actions, through grinding and making a lot less money than I was worth when I first started. He was making a great salary uh, and he honestly never should have been put in that position because he abused his power. So I've and I and I have so many examples of this through my life. And look, I'm not I'm not trying to be a victim here. What I'm saying is there is a pay inequality, uh, whether or not it's to the degree that society perpetuates it. I don't know. I haven't seen the data, but I know I've personally experienced it. So I was speaking from personal experience and all of these men were attacking me. So I definitely understand that social media can be a very, very scary place. Um, as I am trying to grow my following and being very honest and and putting out stuff that interests me about nutrition and diet culture. I mean, I love it all. I like to hear about what people are eating, whether it's indulgent or whether it's diet. And I'm sure I'm going to get attacked if my following continues to grow. That's just something that I will have to deal with if I want to be somebody that's putting out content to the public. That that does go along with the territory, Right. Uh, and so, so this podcast very much focused on that trauma that comes. So Katie really described it because she was already dealing with an eating disorder. She was facing this need to be perfect in everything she says online. And she just felt like the anti-diet culture was becoming culty. You know, it's like, I'm going to get you, you know, like you said the wrong thing. And I get that because that is, that is Instagram, right? People are, it's like this gotcha thing. And and look, I I've I've felt it too. I mean, I'm a very very opinionated person, and sometimes you want to share your strong opinion, especially if it's something that triggers you, which I'm very triggered by um, you know, anything to do with like m- like the male female inequality dynamic, and other people have other triggers. Uh, so, you know, I'm very triggered by anything to do with domestic violence, you know, because of my own personal experiences with it. So, you know, there's a lot of things that trigger people and it's not necessarily up to each individual to not trigger people, right? It's, 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 it's your own personal accountability. Like with that Victoria Garrick post, I was going back and forth with this one guy, I mean, a million posts, and I know I was responding in a very heated manner he finally was like, look, you're attacking me. I'm just trying to point something out. And, I, and, and finally, I was like, oh, maybe I am coming off a little harsh. And I said, look, I, I'm not trying to attack you. I, I, I understand that you have an opinion on this. I said, I'm speaking from experience. And I said, look, you seem like a very nice person. Again, I'm very passionate about this topic because I've experienced it myself. Um, but I, I don't mean to attack you. And and I, I'm very self-reflective. I'm a very accountable person. And I always like to look at a situation and find my own accountability in it. And I'm the first to call myself out on something. So I did see that I was coming off heated in that moment. But again, it's because it triggered me. And again, I don't think that that's his responsibility. He ha- He's entitled to his own opinion. He's had his own experience as a man. I'm not trying to deny those experiences or deny his opinion, but I'm certainly going to share my own. So, um, so you know, she ta- uh, Katie talked about that the anti-diet culture can feel very obsessive, very rules-based. Um, and and very cult like, just like an eating disorder. She's like, look, eating disorders is one one you know 
one uh, extreme. And so is this anti-diet culture movement when it gets toxic. Uh, so she said, you know, she's she, like, both are harmful. And she just felt like her spirit was being suppressed. And, you know, Caroline talked about, look, she gets, there are some problematic things out there, right? Like before and after photos, she felt like before and after photos were very triggering. And she gets why people would unfollow those accounts. But that, that doesn't mean that those accounts shouldn't exist. I mean, People that do want to lose weight, and and that's that's okay if you want to lose weight, right? And sometimes for some people, those before and afters can be motivated. It doesn't mean that person that created that account should go die somewhere and not exist and not put out what they want to put out. That's not to say that's not going to trigger somebody and that people can't share that opinion, but it doesn't mean that they can't they can't have a space in this world. Um, and and Carol, um, sorry, Katie shared an ex, uh, a story where she in the past had shared a picture of her body, and I guess in the caption she had talked about that she was sick, and but that her body when it was sick and healed looked the same, and and she admitted her privilege. You know, again, she's a white woman that has a societally approved um, body that uh, represents you know what people have held up you know, through the years as being the ideal, right? She has a a, a thinner body and she understands that that was triggering to some people. And what she, she, she got vitriol from other therapists who were like, you should put that down and just really shamed her. And she did take it down. Now, I don't know what kind of picture it was. I don't know if it was a bikini. I don't know if it was, you know, something where she had very little clothing on, Um, but she, she did take it down and she, she said she immediately, because she, she just thought that other people knew better than her. But as she's reflected on it, she's like, you know what? She's like, that wasn't harmful. She's like, she gets that it triggers people, but it's not like her putting that out there was doing anything wrong, you know? And, and, and I, I totally agree with that, you know, and I come from the world where I've been both in the weight loss world where, you know, when I was counseling women that had a hundred pounds to lose, I certainly wasn't wearing like a tube top to work. I was wearing a blazer and, you know, I wasn't showing off my body and wearing stilettos with a short skirt. You know, I was dressing conservatively, um, but I was in a business setting. Now, the other side that when I, then when I left that, um, I, I went into the fitness world where literally women are strutting around in stilettos doing bikini contests, flexing in front of the mirror and trying to get down to very low body weight. And, and, and with that world, it's complete opposite. It is showing off your body. It is, you know, showing this like ideal, you know, um, uh, goal that you can hit if you work out and you, so, but again, that's also not me. I'm not a, a fitness you know, person, I've never entered any fitness contests. I've had friends, I've had a lot of friends that have entered those contests. So like with my account, I do, I, I love fitness and I do like to work out and I'm very passionate about working out. So I do post pictures where I'm working out. I'm, I'm in a sports bra. I'm so, you know, it's not like me posing in the mirror in, you know, a bikini getting ready for a show. Um, but it's me doing workouts that work for my body. And, uh, and I think that, again, that's just what I want to post. So I'm posting it. 
But I, I do think that people should post what they want to post and be true to themselves and not worry about getting attacked. It's easy to say. It's not easy to do if you've gone through a cancel culture situation, which both of these people have. So, you know, when she was counseling people, she was afraid she'd get hate by posting her body. And, you know, as professionals, she, you know, she shouldn't, what she was saying was she shouldn't feel like they can't take up space. They can't, as professionals trying to help, you know, improve mental mental wellness around eating behaviors, around body image, you shouldn't be scared to take up space and to show yourself. And that, you know, and, and she did say, you know, look, she's small, she's white, and she deserves to exist. And look, we are in a time where this whole anti-diet culture movement and, and body positivity has come from marginalized people of color, really, who, you know, this this fat phobia, this this idea that, you know, that people in general with with larger bodies shouldn't take up space. And and so, you know, while she admits her privilege, I mean, it's again, this this that's a very controversial thing to say at this time in in this period in history but i also think again you know white small people also need to have a place in the world but it's it we have to be sensitive to to everybody and you know it's it's a difficult topic um i understand why she is vehemently um, sharing about this because she has faced cancel culture for just being herself and existing online. And so, again, my opinion is balance. Be true to yourselves. Be authentic. Put out what you want to put out. Don't maliciously hurt other people. But what what some of the stuff I'm putting out may be triggering to other people. Don't follow me. You know, don't follow me if you're if you are triggered by that. Um, I, I'm trying to put myself out there just like these ladies put themselves out there. And again, they have much bigger followings and are getting so much more than I've experienced. But I do, I do understand what they're saying. Um, you know, Katie talked about how she had posted about, uh, her like OCD, you know, cause she suffered from that. She suffered from an eating disorder and, you know, she she talks about, again, that personal accountability. You know, if you if you are triggered by what you're seeing on social media, maybe take a social media break. Um, you know, Lauren and and uh, her husband, Michael, on the Skinny Confidential podcast, were talking about that. They had a plastic surgeon on recently. And Lauren is is one of those social media influencers that has that very curated image. And she's drop dead gorgeous. And she is someone who is very, very focused on wellness. And of course, this plastic surgeon that she had on is, you know, she's a plastic surgeon. So she surgically improves people. And that's another topic that they were talking about was this backlash to, you know, wanting to improve yourself. And, and again, there's, there's room for it all. Right. And I, I do think that that's important. Michael was talking about 
how this, you know, people, if, if you're someone who is lashing out at other people because you're triggered and you're not happy with yourself, but you're not doing anything about it to improve your health, you're not moving your body, you're not doing all these other things and, and you're depressed, but you're taking it out on other people, that's also not good, right? Everybody should be able to do what they want and, and put out content that is meaningful to them and not face cancel culture for just being themselves and and talking about what they're what they're passionate about. I do believe I I do believe in that. Um so then uh so then they started actually talking about like when they when they did face cancel culture and Caroline said that her biggest cancel was on April Fools when she joked that she was turning her account into like this this wellness uh you know and fitness blog and and obviously she was joking because she, like her whole image is anti that um and she said some people got it and and laughed and and understood it and then some people really tried to cancel her and you know and that back and forth you know she 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 understands it it was triggering to some people but she was also like why why what's this vitriol why am i getting canceled because of a joke that i made and you know and again that gets into the whole topic of not you know we're not responsible for what p- trigger p- other people um and you know again they this this was very much focused on being scared to post you know worried about losing your your following and you know kind of the more they they went you know, it, again, it became something that I really couldn't relate to because it almost sounded like they were burnt out from their jobs, right? Like Caroline sounded like she was just so sick of talking about anti-diet culture. And and again, I think being part of cancel culture when you're trying to put out content that you always have and all of a sudden it's it's backfiring on you, it can lead to exhaustion. It can lead to wanting to give up. And and look, if you've been doing some anything for a decade, right? Like my usually I stay at jobs for at least 7 like around 7 years. That's usually when I I move on. And um and so I can understand that if you've been doing something for 10 years, you might get burnt out on it. And and Katie was saying the same thing. It sounds like she's been focused on eating disorders. She's like the eating disorder lady. And she's she kind of wants to get away from that. She's sick of it. She's she doesn't want to always talk about that anymore. And and again, I'm just starting this. This is what I'm interested in. I I didn't want to hear that. I wanted to hear more about their experiences with diet culture and their experiences with eating disorders and and all that stuff. But they're they're moving away from it. You know, when I looked at at Katie's profile, it's like she seems to be trying to build another platform like under her own name versus the one that has like 20,000 followers which is the Katie Lynch therapist uh Instagram but now she's trying to build her Katie Lynch I don't know if it's because she's worried about getting canceled they did they did talk about how Instagram is like you know you know also trying to take down posts and and flagging them for little simple things it's it does sound kind of ridiculous and frustrating and Again, if you rely on your social media as your sole source of income and building your business, which it sounds like both of these ladies do, I can understand how, how you know, why they wanted to talk about this so much 
because that's really what this podcast became about is about Instagram and their their rules and they don't how they don't make sense. And so I kind of started tuning out towards the end of the podcast. I didn't actually finish it because again, it it just it wasn't really something that I could relate to and and I was hoping to get something different out of this podcast. But overall, I I do agree with their overall message that extremes aren't good one extreme to the other just like just you know the the anti-diet culture the the body positivity you know i'm i'm trying to heal from my own diet culture mentality but i also am somebody that wants to maintain a a, a weight that feels healthy to me so i kind of like some diet culture and i'm interested in some diet culture so i'm kind of in the middle there i i i that's why I'm all about balance because I do believe there's a place for all of it. I believe there's a place for processed foods, for whole foods, for working out, for being lazy, for all of it, you know, for posting your truth on social media. Um, I think you should be able to put out your body if you want to show your body and not get shamed for it. And, you know, I was always taught that I, I, you know, to be the perfectionist, to be demure, to not, you know, be like, oh, I'm, I'm all full of myself. I'm going to put myself out there. That's, that's why starting the Instagram was, was hard for me and showing myself on Instagram. I'm just not someone that really likes to do that. I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone. I think I do believe that's where the magic happens. So Anyway, hopefully this wasn't a rambling episode. I, you know, I I did think that I was going into this podcast review with thinking I was going to hear a little bit something different. Um, it was still entertaining. It was still a good podcast, and I do follow both of these ladies on on Instagram. Um, and I think overall their message is good. So, anyway, that's the episode. I will be doing, uh, in my next episode, I'm going to be doing a really great and fascinating interview that I heard on Food Heaven, the Food Heaven podcast. Uh, So stay tuned for that. Um, It's about how, uh, you know, it's about fat phobia and how a lot of fat people get um, discriminated against at, by their healthcare providers, by their doctors. And it was it was just a fascinating conversation. So we'll be reviewing that next. We've got some more Taylor Strucker reviews. We've got Diet Starts Tomorrow reviews, all kinds of good stuff. So uh, please follow me on Instagram. Feel free to DM me. Let me know if you want me to share your Instagram handle when I do share your DMs. And I'm happy to, or I'm happy to keep you private. Um, but yeah, follow me at the, uh, at the Diet Obsessed podcast. Um, and in the meantime, until we meet again, I hope all of you have a very balanced week.